Hi, and welcome to All Things Cozy with Matt and Jillian. We are a bi-weekly podcast about everything that is warm, soft, and comforting. Jillian, will you be my valentine? Of course. (laughs) (laughs) It's Valentine's Day weekend. So this is the Sunday after Valentine's Day. So we hope that you had a hot date. (laughs) (laughs) Whether that be with a cozy mystery. Yeah, you know, an an inanimate object or, you know. Hot date has comes in many different forms. Right. Regardless of how you spent your Valentine's Day, we hope it was cozy. Yeah. So to all you sweethearts out there, (laughs) welcome to the show. I was going to start the podcast by saying like, hi, sweethearts. And (laughs) I I, I thought it through and I was like, that sounds really condescending and weird. Yeah, yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't really don't like sweetheart. No, calls it, no. Oh, you're such a sweetheart. It's like, well, what does that mean? It's the it's the only only grandma can get away with it. I think. Yeah. It, yeah. Whenever a man says it to me, it sounds immediately dismissive. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I not into it. I get that vibe. Yeah. So we're not dismissing you. Our lovies. <laughs> our lovies. There we go. To celebrate Valentine's Day and to continue our strange obsession with Hallmark Channel original movies, we'll be discussing Valentine in the Vineyard, mm-hmm. which is the third. In the Vineyard movie in a franchise of Autumn in the Vineyard and Summer in the Vineyard. And this is the latest entry into this like relationship that um, these two characters have in these Hallmark movies. So we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. We'll discuss this Valentine Hallmark movie, see how it's different from Christmas and Fall Harvest films. Yeah, which is funny because I didn't know it was a, a, a trilogy or a series until after I'd watched the movie. Mm-hmm. So n- now knowing that, it gives it a lot more context because it... If you don't know that it's a series, yeah. it seems a little out of place. And Yeah, it definitely has implications for the way you watch it, for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, I think in some ways it benefits it. In other ways, it, it makes it a strange watching experience. Mm-hmm. But before we get into that, we're going to do our check-in with what's making us feel cozy this week. What's making me feel cozy this week is whale watching. Ah. I went whale watching for the second time. You know, I actually should have checked to see if I've done this one before, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say I didn't because I have gone before. Mm-hmm. And the first time I went whale watching out of Newport Beach, did not see a single whale, only saw dolphins. So, we, you know, when you do any kind of whale watching excursion in Southern California, you will see the following creatures. You will see sea lions, mm-hmm. some harbor seals. You will see dolphins no matter what happens. And that's just going to come with it. But the real experience is getting to see an actual whale off the coast. And so I guess when I went uh, to Newport, it was not really a migration season for the whales. And so we saw a ton of dolphins. They were just like whole pods of them next to the boat. And so I'm recognizing now that that was kind of a unique experience because there were were not as many dolphins where we went out this last time. We went out of San Pedro. But there were a whole bunch of whales, actually. So we saw. Whole bunch of meaning too. So <laughs> I saw two gray whales. Wow. I guess the person who was doing the tour was explaining that that's uncommon. Usually they're solitary. You got lucky then. Got lucky. Got a two for one. I'll steal a joke from the tour guide. She said whale watching is a lot of whale waiting. And that's really true because, you know, you only see them when they come up for air. Mm-hmm. And so, but they're diving for anywhere between five and eight minutes. And so you'll see them go like, they'll do like a puff, puff, puff. Yeah. The, the tail will fluke out. And then nothing for about five. Was it a crowded tour? It wasn't so bad, actually. It was it was the first boat out in the day, which I've heard is a disadvantage because as boats go out, they say, "Oh, the whales are over here," and mm-hmm. so you're you're more guaranteed later in the day because somebody's located some whales for the that other made, tour that guides. Makes sense, yeah. 
Um, but we, you know, first tour of the day, still saw a couple whales. It's just magnificent, really. I I think it's so cozy because you get in touch with the nature. It's I don't know. It's kind of corny, but it's this moment where you're like on a boat, just looking at this really beautiful, gigantic animal in the water, and you're you realize just how silly a lot of you know the day to day concerns of humanity are, and you're just like, oh, this is. Yeah, that's be- your one role in life to yeah. see a whale. Really, the only thing we have to do when we're here is is look be for here, a whale. be yeah. alive, and look for whales. Yeah, look for a whale. <laughs> so I don't know. Have it was snacks? Just, it was a, no, that, well, they sold stuff there, but I wasn't okay. about to do that. You know, I, I could I can spend two hours without food, believe it or not. And so we just focused on the whale watching, and yeah, and also like you become a little bit of a family on the boat. Everyone's like trying to help each other spot it, mm-hmm. and good vibes all around. Yeah. And and afterward we had lunch right on the pier and I don't know, it was just a really lovely atmosphere and I've always been obsessed with marine life and so any opportunity to get out there and see these animals in person because they're not the kind of yeah. animal you'll ever see in a zoo or an aquarium. You can only just go in person and and, ho- and get lucky mm-hmm. to see it uh right in front of you and in its natural habitat and all of that's really amazing. So if you have an opportunity, do a whale watching tour, but I would say my tip is to check out the migration pattern of whales because that's a really important factor. Yeah. Um, and it will tell you what whales you're likely to see because even if they are migrating, you'll be lucky to find one. So you want to make sure there's a high volume of that whale. In this case, the gray whales were making their way south to Baja, uh, California. So Well, it's also a nice way to get outside without doing an, like a hardcore activity. Yeah. Yeah. Fresh air out on the open sea. Exactly. Even that alone is cozy. It's just like, you know, you're just completely whisked away from your troubles. Yeah. And you're just in that moment with the people that you're with and you have no cell service. So it really is just a really unplugged natural moment. And I like whale watching for that. Yeah. And by the time it's over, because you have to go so early, you feel Mm -hmm. like you've had a full day. Oh, yeah. Definitely. That's nice. Um, what's making... Had a whale of a time. <laughs> Sorry, I, I just ran did over you, you to your... say that thing. Did you yeah. show your whale tail? No, Jillian, I didn't show my whale tail. <laughs> but I'm glad you said that because it reminded me I was really uh, amused by a child who kept saying whenever we saw the whale and it would do the little fluke, that, that means that the whale, the tail has gone up before it goes into a dive. The kid kept saying every time the whale showed its tail, classic whale tail. <laughs> Every time the, the whale would jump, oh, look, a classic whale tail. Oh, my Sometimes God. wistfully, sometimes excitedly. I don't know how he got into this, like, mode of, like, identifying classic whale tails, but classic it sounded funny out of context because Jillian's yeah. bringing up whale tail in the context of somebody's thong showing. Uh, is that what you're, that's yeah. you meant, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's the kind of whale tail Jillian likes to see. Oh, God. Oh, stop. <laughs> There's a restaurant in, in my town called Whale's Tail. <laughs> Is that where you hang out a lot? Yeah. Can't get me out of the Whale's Tail. <laughs> a lot of fluking in that establishment. Okay. But anyways, <laughs> Mr. Classic Whale Tail. So Entertainment Weekly had a cover, which I posted on Instagram yes. and Facebook. The My Best Friend's Wedding cast. Um, four, of, four of the main ca- characters, at least. Um, Julia Roberts. I always struggle to pronounce his name correctly. Dermot Mulroney. <laughs> Dermot. Wasn't he one of your cozy celebrities? He was one of my cozy celebrities, and he butchered his name back then. Some Something about his name it's just Dermot trips Mulroney. me. Dermot Mulroney. Mulroney. I call him Mulroney. I, I was almost <laughs> typed in the Instagram post. I almost called him Dean McDermott. <laughs> <laughs> he gets that a lot, I'm sure. Tor- Tori Spelling's <laughs> husband. Um, for some reason, his name always trips me up. So I, And he's one of my favorite celebrities, so I don't know why I do it. 
and then Cameron Diaz, and then um, Rupert Everett. So it was a wonderful cover dedicated to rom-coms. And so they were paying homage to My Best Friend's Wedding, and they were wearing Valentine's Day clothing. It's all pinks mm-hmm. and nice soft hues. And it just made me feel good to see it. They're all, this seemed like they had such a good time on the shoot, which was nice because there's so many re- reboots going on. And I just think that just because a reboot is happening doesn't mean that it's necessarily cozy right. because we always associate coziness with nostalgia. And some re- reboots or reunions feel so forced. And this one didn't feel forced because it seems like the cast actually likes each other, has relationships outside of the movie. So it's just a positive energy and it made me feel. Really cozy. So the great film, nineteen ninety seven. That's great. Yeah. I, I actually was pretty late to the party on my best friend's wedding. Mm-hmm. I had seen it when I was younger, but I was too young for it, mm-hmm. or I would had watched it on television in, in clips. And so I sat down and actually watched it a couple of years ago, and was so shocked that they were um, upset about turning twenty seven, twenty eight, twenty eight, and that, and that was like it, looking back on it yeah. now, older than that, and. The idea of two 28-year-olds saying, we're so old, we can't get married. We have to just get married to each other if we can't find anybody by the, by the ripe old age of 28. Yeah. It's so comical and outlandish. But I, think, I guess back then it was more timely because people were getting married younger back then. Yeah. But by back then, I was 1997, like way back then. <laughs> but still, I think there back has been... Back in the old 90s. There has been a shift. Yeah, there's definitely um, been... I mean, like our generation does not get married lightly. <laughs> yep, no. Nope. It takes a lot to, to do so it. To nail it down. Yeah. And so it just was such a nice cover. The energy was radiating off it. And it made me feel good because I love that movie. And have my cozy, well, I have one of my cozy celebrities whose name I'll never be able to pronounce. So. <laughs> was anyone showing their whale tail? There are no whales to, <laughs> whale tail to be seen. Classic or not. So. Well, nothing's perfect. All right. No, but I think a lot of people liked that cover. Got a lot of buzz. Check it out. Great for Entertainment Weekly. Today. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> like marketing Entertainment Weekly. Pick you up today. They probably need the help, honestly. I know. Not buying magazines. All right. So let's dive in. <laughs> Happy Valentine's Day. We're going to get into the Hallmark Channel original movie, Valentine in the Vineyard. Hallmark has movies for every season, although I feel like gradually they're trying to turn the entire channel into a year-round Christmas fest. But they still do separate little events for different ho- holidays and seasons. And Valentine's is one of their smaller ones. I think they only have a handful of original movies, if that, per year. So this is one of them. This is a new entry. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's the third um, in a series following uh, Frankie Baldwin, who's played by Rachel Lee Cook, and her boyfriend up until this entry her boyfriend and then they get engaged yeah nate um in this film yes his name is nate he's played by brendan penny who was the same guy from pride prejudice and mistletoe Mm -hmm. and as yeah nate deluca yeah they're a couple they own a vineyard together Mm -hmm. that's expanding and doing really well so the setting is this really scenic it's beautiful that's one of my favorite parts vineyard in i'm assuming canada yeah i I confirmed yeah it's it's it, it, it looks like but the pacific northwest it's always it, cloudy. It I don't think it's ever sunny. Oh, there was no sun at all, no which I thought all. was super cozy. Yeah, personally. me too. I liked it because I all it, I feel like those vineyard uh, movies are always set in like sunny Napa or yeah. something like that, and so it was nice to see the change of pace. The opening shots were really gorgeous, mm-hmm. and it was realistic because if you think about it, they did a good job of tracking the time of year. Mm-hmm. It's February. It's winter, and so it was just windy and cold as hell looking yeah. <laughs> wherever they were. And so you bought that it was winter in this mm-hmm. vineyard. Do you want to take a stab at uh, going down the plot for this movie? 
Yeah, it's kind of tricky. Um, so it opens with uh, Frankie in the in the vin- in the midst of the vineyard. She's doing some work on some of the I guess we call it the vines. Yeah, she's spraying the vines. I, her so Nate is like some sort of mad scientist when it comes to taking care of this vineyard. So he's always spraying down the vines with some mystery mm-hmm. solution to help it bud and grow. Yeah, well, Frankie is more intuitive. Mm-hmm. Um, that's her strength. So she's with this llama. I forgot the llama's name. It's her I thought pet. it was an alpaca. Oh. Is it a llama or I an alpaca? I can never tell the difference between them. They always seem very similar to me. But I know they're different. But Whatever it is, she has one of them. Alpaca, llama, it's with her. I forgot its name. And so she's hanging out. There's some like a, a funny moment with the llama or alpaca. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, Nate comes over. You don't know there. If you hadn't seen the series before, you're not immediately sure what the context of their relationship is because it seems like they have this funny um, banter or ri- rivalry r- between them and then they break into a kiss. So then it's established that they're together and they're talking about the vineyard and their expansion because they took a big risk with this expansion. Um, they're, all their, their money is on the line. So that's their big project that they're working on and you find out that not only they are in a relationship, they're collaborating and they're co-workers and they have this big expansion coming up and out of nowhere, a drone flies in. Oh my God, Jillian. <laughs> when I saw that there was, I mean, you could just tell the drone from the drone is dangling a red a, box, a red box. And so, you know, this is going to be a proposal. Mm-hmm. And so he proposes to Frankie via drone. And it's very flippant too. Yeah. I, and I don't have anything against this actor, Brendan Penny. But he, did he know that he was in a romantic movie? Like, it was just like what the heck? He just, the, they just seem like they're good buddies. It's yeah. like if we got got engaged or something. Like, just be like, there's no, like, romantic chemistry between them. There's, it's just, he, a drone flies out and he's like, yeah, uh, do you want to marry me? Or is it so casual? There was, was nothing so about the, the proposal that felt like it had anything to do with their characters or their no. relationship. It felt like a funny gag that the writer had thought, oh, this will make it current. And, sh- you know, this is an idea I had. The The drone will come in. I mean, it did wake me up. I was like, oh, my God, what is happening right now? It was different. Yeah. And I guess it's, it, I appreciate it for that. But it's not a romantic mm-hmm. um, proposal. It felt distant and cold yeah just it like, was really strange. like a robot yeah it was very distant and cold and also they're having a discussion about the expansion and then there's this moment of silence and the drone flies in it's apropos of nothing I, what seems like it was a weekday it doesn't yeah. seem like no a, 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 like a thursday afternoon i i half wanted her to say can you try this again but yeah put, put a little effort into it yeah there's absolutely no effort she Gave no effort in her response either. She's like, sure. She didn't even seem taken aback by it or, or moved by it. That's wild. That's the one thing I noticed throughout the film was their lack of chemistry, which was so jarring that I couldn't concentrate. But yeah, on on that lack of chemistry. So so they're now that they're um, engaged. Yeah. They go to tell their families, and so mm-hmm. I guess I guess his family owns a bunch of vineyards already. Yeah. And so they go to his like parents batman villain mansion up in the hills it's like a, this is an amazing fortress yeah. it's beautiful but it looks like it's a crazy modern monstrosity and it's and they they're looking at these gigantic windows and they're about to have dinner ever one thing i did appreciate is they're always drinking wine in yes. every shot yep. and it's a heavy pour so mm-hmm. down for that and so they're they're all having their little lunch and all, out of the blue and and again the relationships <laughs> are confusing so, so confusing very hard he has two brothers 
One of the brothers is dating her cousin. Yeah. Oddly. I don't know. Why does it have to be her cousin? I don't, I don't understand why they have to be related. And also Frankie's mother is dead. Yeah, whatever. And so <laughs> they're having this. Oh, it's Frankie's family. No, it's his family. Yeah, they're intertwined. Her family with, and his family are, are already intertwined. I was confused. So I didn't confusing. know if like their parents were married. I couldn't. The only important thing you need to know is that their thunder is stolen because her cousin and his brother suddenly leap up and say, we're getting married yeah. and we want to have a, the wedding on Valentine's Day. And that sets out the whole conflict. So they keep their their, their engagement a secret because they don't want to overshadow mm-hmm. their family's thing. And they're it's just like, okay, well. Rush engagement too. Yeah, it's a, yeah, it's a rush. So they're just like, okay, we'll just help them plan this wedding. We'll mm-hmm. see where all the potholes are, you know, kind of learn from this experience. And then we'll say, like, we're getting married. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we'll just help out with this one. And so that's kind of what they do. But they find out that this couple had done um, a compatibility well, a seminar. I don't know what the mm-hmm. hell that is. But it exists. And it's like a place you go to where uh, you determine if you're compatible. And usually those things are just like little scammy quizzes you take from a magazine or something or mm-hmm. from an online quiz. But this is a whole in-person affair. They have to they have to do these tasks together, like build a bookcase shelf or whatever. There's people with clipboards walking around grading them mm-hmm. on their interactions, which is super intense and not natural. Yeah. So it's a really weird context. And then they get emailed back their scores, and it turns out that they're not compatible. Oh, so and can this, I stop you for a second? Yeah. There was, um, which Alonzo Duralde pointed out yes. on Twitter, there's the first um, ever... A gay couple, gay male pictured, couple, yeah, gay male couple p- pictured at this seminar. Yeah, so at the same table at this compatibility seminar is a is a couple of young guys who are clearly in a relationship. Even though you know Alonzo had tweeted that before I saw it, and that was, I mean, that was super exciting. I retweeted it because I was like, this is groundbreaking. It was still in the moment seeing it. I was like, wow, this is this does feel different. Yeah, I was really it was excited cool. about it. It was a nice was, moment. So we gotta nice. give the film credit for Credit that. where credit is due. Yes. Finally, some representation for the homos on Hallmark. Frankie and Nate bomb it so hard that like even the gay couple at the end are like, <laughs> and they're yeah. like looking at them. You know, with a disapproving yeah. little sneer. You know, like gay people do. Yeah. The whole plot of the movie is them struggling because they're not really compatible. And you know what, listeners, they convinced me that they're not compatible. They have no, no chemistry. They have no business being to, together. To break up. That's not the way the the movie goes. Is is that that last minute turnaround where it seems like they're just not going to make it, mm-hmm. and then last minute they end up joining the wedding, and now it's like a a double wedding at the same time. Yeah. It's like the four of them being married at the same time at the altar, which is super weird. And I don't like it that. And then that's all she wrote. That's the whole movie. <laughs> yeah. But they're also, it's a kind of a heavy handed plot device to like, they, when they realize, Oh, maybe we are compatible. It's because they have to save their vineyard because they didn't buy enough heat lamps. And if it, the frost is coming and if they don't heat up the vineyard or their, I don't know. I can't explaining it very well, but the logistics of it, but if they don't keep these vines warm, they're going to, the crop won't produce anything and then right. they'll lose all their money and their whole expansion will be failed. So they join forces and they put their noggins together and through this, they realize, oh, maybe we are compatible. So that was a little heavy handed. Yeah, they convinced me that they actually aren't compatible. It wasn't even the plot because it is, it wasn't nice to see 
two, a couple inv- invested in a business together yeah. that was a cozy business running a vineyard. And it had a unique premise, but the the casting maybe was off because I just didn't feel any chemistry between Rachel Lee Cook and Brendan Penny. And I, I like, I don't know much about Brendan Penny, but I like Rachel Lee Cook. Yeah. And so that's why I was looking forward to it. But they just not didn't even seem like good friends. They seemed like mere acquaintances. Right. And that if you're selling a Valentine's Day movie, I would be hope there'd be a little romance. Right. I completely agree. I think the chemistry was off between yeah. the two leads. There's an issue I have with Hallmark movies, period. They just have really strange problems. The same problems that set in with every single one of these movies in that second hour. Mm-hmm. I'll take you on my little emotional roller coaster journey through this movie to kind of outline my long-standing issue with Hallmark movies. Watching the first 45 minutes, I shocked myself at how engaged I was. Mm-hmm. Genuinely. Even I mean the, the drone proposal was weird, but it was different. Mm-hmm. I started to enjoy like legitimately think think I thought it was funny. I really did think it was funny that because they were sort of interrupted with doing their whole explain to the family that they're engaged and now their friends are doing it and them having to keep it a secret. So they're helping them with their wedding. And every single time that Frankie would like find a dress she likes or pick out a cake, the, the other bride to be would be like, Oh my God, you seem to like, yeah, you're right. That one's great. Cause Frankie would be looking at the dress that she likes yeah. for herself and then this bride would steal it from her. And I really thought that was actually funny. Yeah. I, my favorite moment was when they were shopping for wedding cakes. At that point, Frankie had already developed a strategy of like not giving her input because she didn't want her choice to be taken. <laughs> and so the friend, not knowing any of this was happening behind, you know, in her head, was like, Frankie, if there was one, just one that you had to have at your wedding... <laughs> Which one would it be? And Frankie's like, oh, crap. Yeah. <laughs> like, I guess it would be the red velvet. You could see she was tempted to say, yeah. like, oh, this other thing I don't like. She, she wanted to keep it for herself. I thought that was legitimately, like, there were some natural comedic moments yeah. coming out of those scenes that I you just don't see that often in Hallmark movies. Same thing with uh, even the compatibility seminar, as bizarre as that was. It was, uh, you know, it was kind of an interesting setup. And kind of going back to what I was saying at the start of the podcast around it being the third entry in the series that has certain advantages and disadvantages. And I think one advantage it has is it doesn't have to do the predictable, here's how they got together setup that mm-hmm. all these movies have the same sort of like meet cute, you know, they're predestined to get together. And so there wasn't that kind of foregone conclusion thing happening in the movie. So I didn't really know where it was going to go early on. Legitimately. Yeah, I didn't know could, they could have broken up. That would have... Well, I didn't think they were going to break up, but like I I didn't necessarily know that they were going to join their weddings together or that they were going to even go through with their own wedding. Well, I thought that it could turn into a thing where they break up and then they get together with the other couple. They swap. That is not Hallmark's brand. I would not believe that for a second. I I don't know. They had the gay couple, so I was like, "Well, maybe it's possible." You know, I thought maybe that'd be off the chain. That'd be the the chain. Be the that'd be the true romance. They really found their real partner. They're compatible. But I guess I was just wishing on a star in my part. Yeah, no, definitely. I, I really I didn't, hate, didn't like. I didn't think for chemistry. a second that would happen. I just liked that for the first forty-five minutes. I didn't know exactly where it was going. You know, you have a sense watching the movie. It's not going to go totally off the rails and be something different. But 
I was still sort of seeing like, oh, this is where this is going. And I was enjoying some of the character dynamics, even though it still has that problem of like, they're all these bland white actors and mm-hmm. you can't keep anyone straight. You can't remember anybody's name or anything because they look too identical. Those problems persisted, but I was surprisingly engaged for the first 45 minutes. And then Jillian had set in again, my slow boredom as they started to squabble over not being compatible. And it became really clear like, okay, so we're going to live here for a while. They're going to like be sad because they're not working well together and Mm -hmm. will they, won't they, is this going to go through? And then they're going to end up getting married. And it was so obvious by minute 50 of the two hour experience that I sort of checked out until the end. And Hallmark just needs to figure out, and maybe they don't because these movies aren't maybe for us, but I I think that there is an interest in these movies from a younger generation. Mm -hmm. And if they were smart, they would maybe start, shifting the brand a little bit away from the predictability. You can be cozy and approachable and sweet and for all audiences without being the same movie over and over and over and over again with the same ending. Yeah. I kind of half on that because it's like, yeah, I would love to see something fresh and new, but what it's also appealing about these movies is that I know that they're always going to be the same and just a different flavor. And that's, what's, comfortable about it and it's just it's all that's what almost is like a sport it's like that's it's so silly and so tropey that that's why partly you're tuning in fair enough yeah you're right you're you right. know so but i do it was very exciting to see the gay couple and i don't mean oh yeah throw some gays in there and make it modern i just you know <laughs> i but some, some something that's an interesting little twist even if they just put one little thing in that's different from the usual storyline would be refreshing and could draw in more or different different uh, people. Uh, yeah, I'd be interested to see what the other two parts in the series are like. Have you seen? No, I haven't. Yeah, I'd be interested to see what the other two installments how they how they approach it. If they more chemistry, maybe they just were like we're done with this. Brendan Penny's like I've had enough. Get the drone in. I didn't want to propose. Get down on one knee. I'm too tired. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I guess, yeah. They, they were on a, a time crunch, maybe. I don't know. But I, yeah, I mean, the, again, the beginning had to do some interesting stuff because the characters were pre-established and they do a little bit of like trying to catch you up by saying, oh, brother, you're my yeah. brother. Like, oh, you're my favorite cousin. You know, like like they'll call it the relationships and the yeah. dialogue in a really kind of uh, heavy handed yeah. way so that the new people can figure out what's happening. Yeah, I just wish that they made those familial relationships more streamlines i really had no idea who's related to who does he need two other brothers i I mean can't he have one brother yeah no they should cut the that one brother because the youngest brother was just like a bizarre minor plot point and then he was uh establishing a romance with frankie's college classmate yeah so just like her cousin so it's like like, who is this blonde woman i don't know yeah they need to keep it simple over there at hallmark we don't need any well i think now that they're dipping their toes into the the gay waters Mm mm-hmm if anyone's listening from Hallmark Channel, Jillian and I would be happy to write <laughs> your um, a lesbian and a gay man here. We, we've watched your films. We know your formula. Yeah. And we think we can deliver what your audience wants, but also do something a little different and have some gay people involved. So Hallmark executives, if you're listening, hit us up. We'll write yeah, you. Yeah, it's called The Whale's Tale. Uh, it's called The Whale's Tale. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's about two lesbians who meet on a whale watching excursion. God. <laughs> <laughs> our emails on our Instagram. So if you're interested, we'll do a little pitch. 
But I thought, I mean, I thought it would be nice to try a movie in Hallmark that was a Valentine's Day one thing, because I'd never seen one before. That, yeah. So I want to try it out. I want to say, like, I mean, honestly, I still think that um, the Fall Harvest movies are the m- more unique ones mm-hmm. of the other ones I've seen, because the setting is so distinct, and I feel like there's more of this letter, sort of, like, wistful end of the year feeling you get Mm -hmm. versus like a Christmas celebration or like a romantic event. And so I kind of, I still prefer the fall harvest batch Mm -hmm. out of any of them, but I don't know. They're all the same. They're all the same plot with a different skin on it. Different, different paint job. But it seemed, you know, the movies instead of reading a book felt more Valentine's day, day, you know, little movie date for me and Matt. Yeah. We watched this separately. Not at all a date. No. (laughs) Different, we watch it different days at different times. It's more datey. Yeah. So, you know, if you have a, a loved one in your life, and I hope you do. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Whether that be an animal. I know it's airing again. So it's airing on uh, Monday, the yeah. 18th. So if you want to catch Valentine in the Vineyard, it's airing on Hallmark Channel again, I think at like 10 p.m. on Valentine's Day and um, on Monday, the, the 18th. Oh, so check it, check it out. I mean, yeah, it's worth a watch. At least watch it for the gay people. Yeah. Show them that representation matters and that they're going to get more eyeballs if they show more queers in their movies. More eyeballs. More, more queers, more eyeballs. That's right. Don't they want our, our queer eyeballs to be watching their movies? Yeah. Probably not. We have conflicting demographics happening in Hallmark. Yeah. So that's Valentine in the Vineyard. Mm-hmm. Time to, it. to wrap it up with um, our closing segments. Beginning with our brand new feature still, Soothing Sounds. So my Soothing Sound is from a band that we've mentioned before on the podcast. The context of the song is not cozy, um, but I have a lot of cozy associations with the band. So I'm talking about the Cranberries, Mm -hmm. who last year lost their lead singer, Dolores O'Riordan. Mm-hmm. I love the Cranberries. I think they're a super cozy sound because I associate them with this kind of guitar, this warm guitar sound and her rich voice all together creates this like, this is going to sound odd, but I have a soft spot probably generationally based on what was on TV at the time in the movies for films from the UK and Ireland. Mm -hmm. (laughs) The Cranberries make me think of like movies from Ireland, movies from the UK in the 90s. Does that make any sense? Well, that guitar sound, that rock sound, those acts, I don't know. It just, it does something for it me. Something it it for reminds, you. it's nostalgic a little bit for when I was younger. She tragically passed away last year, but the band pulled together some old recordings and they've made an album from the last studio sessions that they were doing. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Um, prior to her death. And so this is going to be the final Cranberries album. And... It's a little bit like how that David Bowie record came out and it was kind of prophetic Mm -hmm. and talking about his own death. And that was very premeditated because Bowie was dying at the time and he knew it uh, when he was recording the album. We didn't at the time. I don't think that's the case in this instance, but there are some uncanny, chilling similarities between what she's talking about in her music and then what ended up happening to her. For example, in the song um, All Over Now, which is the, the soothing sound I'm about to play, um, in the song, she references a hotel in London, which is where she died. Mm-hmm. Very, and she's singing It's All Over Now, which is yeah. like a very um, sadly appropriate refrain. Despite the tragic context of the song, 
I think it's just so beautiful that the band put this together again, like one last work of art mm-hmm. from this group and to honor the legacy of Dolores and, and of the Cranberries. And so, and so, yeah, so take a listen. This is all over now. The latest single, the last single by the Cranberries. beautiful yeah i i that guitar sound specifically is one that i really like and it's actually Um, very soothing yeah yeah i I, I find their music to be incredibly haunting and soothing at all the same time i'm gonna listen to it when i get home yeah good check it out i don't think the album's coming out until april Mm -hmm. i hope i'm wrong about that i I should have double checked that but um i think it's a case of them sending the single out a lot earlier than the record's coming out but i'm looking forward to it uh the single is out now Check it out. Gorgeous voice. Yeah. Just, it's, uh, only sorry that we didn't get to hear more from her. Yeah, me too. But grateful for what we have and, and that they grounged all this stuff together to put an album back together. But I was, I was reading in Rolling Stone about the process behind bringing these songs to life and she had been sending them a lot of sound files of her ideas mm-hmm. and she recorded a little bit in the studio, but essentially what they did was they took emails they sent her, voice messages that, that she sent to them rather in addition to some of the studio stuff that she had already recorded and kind of just put it all together, like, and just built it up and they got her background vocalist to come in and fill in the vocals that were kind of missing or a little bit like one layer in. And, um, they did it and it sounds like she would have done it. You know well, what I mean? Yeah, Even though it's Michelle recreated. McNamara, right? Where they put her book together yeah. and they mm-hmm. took different pieces. So group effort. Jillian, what is your soothing sound? Uh, my soothing sound is shelter by the broken bell. Uh, sorry, yeah, Broken Bells, and um, they first released music in uh, 2009, I believe, or that's when they for- that's when released when they formed the band, and they re- now released their second effort, uh, September 2018, so pretty recently, and I like this song because it's just a it's positive. The tone, the tone is positive. The message, um, it's a sweet song, and I typically like so- sad and dark. Um, song so it's just a different change of pace uh, for me and it's very catchy and I think catchy songs can be really cozy it just gets stuck in your head but it makes me feel good inside it's a it's I guess you can hear what the lyrics are about and the title's really cozy yeah shelter it's either be you think of as a romantic partner giving you shelter or a good friend and just paying homage to the person who gives you shelter that's right so let's listen to shelter by broken bells yeah
That's super cozy. Yeah, it's just like some it. sweet lyrics, and yeah. it's so catchy. So very catchy. It's it sounds it's ready for the radio for mm-hmm. sure. It kind of sounds like Coldplay, as well. I guess yeah. Do you yeah. have a little Coldplay vibes? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, Maybe. it just sounds super like earwormy, catchy. Yeah, like I could. I think I can. I totally hear what you're saying. Like it's the kind of song that will stay in your head. It yeah, it's been stuck in my head, and I think that's why it popped up for me. But I like I said, I usually like very dark sad and slow songs this is a lot more upbeat yeah very cozy i think the lyrics are sweet this is a great choice yeah i think it's time for (laughs) celebrities that calm us the celebrity that calms owl has returned it's brought us each a valentine he's hooting at our door that's right i'll start with what celebrity is calming me this week that celebrity is paul rudd Uh, oh yeah I looked him up because I was shocked that we haven't mentioned him before. I'm but we shocked hadn't. too because I was like, wait, did I mention him? I, I love um, him. Yeah, he's, I mean, he's lovable. We, I was watching um, Ant-Man and the Wasp on Netflix and the other night just sort of having a relaxing evening at home. And it just hit me like, what a solid workhorse, workhorse. actor. <laughs> Our listeners like, please never use that word again. Okay. We're going to put a moratorium a on it. tattoo on my head. Workhorse. <laughs> Yeah, he's just super funny and approachable and relatable. And I hope I never hear some awful story, some sort of I have tale a good about story how mean for he you. is. But for as far as I know, he's a sweet guy. And yeah, I don't even I don't I don't even feel like I need to justify why he's cozy. He just is. Paul Rudd is my cozy celebrity. Well, I was gonna say I had a story for you about. Okay, him. so tell me uh, my story about Paul Rudd that will reaffirm his coziness. I was interning for a magazine that I think it's defunct, which. No surprise there. Um, <laughs> L Magazine, not to be confused with E-L-L-L-E. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just L. And For lesbian? Yeah. Yeah, big old lesbian <laughs> magazine. It was like a little hipster magazine that was in Brooklyn. And anyways, they're doing a, a screening. Is it Wet Hot American Summer? Yeah. He's in that, right? Yes. I assume he would be because he was being honored there. So anyways, our, our magazine was hosting a screening of it in this Brooklyn, uh, park in Brooklyn, Mac- um, I forgot the, what exact park it was, but we're screening that movie and he just showed up and in his khakis and I think like a white button down, he came up to the booth that we and another intern were man, manning and he introduced himself and he was really sweet and nice and he just blended in with everyone else and he was just hanging out, having a beer and he was just talking to everyone. So he, he was didn't, really sweet. No one knew he was coming. No, I don't think so. No, he just came. He just came because he saw a screening was happening of yeah, his movie. Yeah, and, and he showed up and he was really sweet. Did, did they do a Q&A was asking questions or with him? Not that I can recall. I think he just wanted to say hello and he was really nice. That's really cool. Well, mm-hmm. I'm glad to hear that he's cozy out in the real world too. Yeah. Yeah, very handsome. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No kidding. Yeah, Mr. Red. Yeah. Very ready. That's not necessarily <laughs> a compliment. <laughs> But um, it, the way I, after I said it, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> "All right, Jillian, uh, what celebrity is calming it's you this for week?" Me to retire, I haven't eaten. <laughs> My cozy celebrity. It's gonna be so. It'll be a cliche now. Um, uh, Ellen Page, because <laughs> I've been, I've been really into her these past few weeks because I like her I whale think, tail. Yeah, yeah, I love her whale tail. She, <laughs> if anyone has a whale tail, it's her. <laughs> She's always wearing so many provocative outfits. Anyways, what I I think what could be cozy is bravery, and I like how she stood up to Chris Pratt this past week. And oh that, yeah, it's not a cozy feud, but I I she's very stable and mm-hmm. she's 
very authentic. And I think cozy, um, to be cozy, you have to have an air of authenticness um, and be, you know, pre-tell it like it is, but not in an abrasive way. And she just is always honoring herself and her truth and not afraid to speak her mind, which I find enjoyable and likable. Um, and I think Chris Pat is a big bozo. <laughs> I just, you Jillian's know, releasing a resentment there and she has a really cute dog. And so I don't follow her on Instagram, but I, I think I feel like I've written a few things about her. And so I had to go to her Instagram and I, she has this cutest dog. So, so she's cozy for standing up to Chris Pratt. Yeah. That makes her a winner in my book. <laughs> it's hard to come up with cozy celebrities. I'm running out. This might be the last time we do it. I think so. Yeah. I, I really had, because now we've been stretching the definition of coziness. I feel like, yeah, which is not them saying Ellen Page isn't cozy, but she's cozy. Say, let's. Well, what I kind of love about your cozy picks is that they're never that cozy. <laughs> hey, <laughs> Steve. Well, they're cozy in a different way. In I a should different, say. it did a different, different way. It's like a different dimension of cozy, which I always appreciate. But Ellen Page cozy is different than Steve Martin cozy. Yeah, it's different from Paul. Ryan also, cozy. when I go home, I'm gonna do a double header. Okay. Father of the bride, Father of Bride Part Two. You have big plans tonight. Because <laughs> now I have access to them on Sling. Mm-hmm. I got. So she's going to be slinging those father of the ride movies around. Yeah. So I'll order some sushi and that's my night. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's time to wrap things up with a candle review. We are burning a candle light company, essential elements candle. The scent is Oak Moss and Bergamot. We recorded two episodes today, so I had to clear out the room from with the other scent now we're burning this candle. It's a sweeter smell than the, the previous candle. It's like a light floral scent, a little woody, a little, there's a little bit of like a forest element to it. It's a little too sweet for me. A little too sweet for you. I think it's the perfect amount of sweetness. I would say, I think I w- I'll use this in the bathroom more yeah, and than it's in a, a living space. It's a reminds me of a spring scent. It's, it's great. Yeah, there's like a wet, rainy yeah, element to which it. Which is nice because we've yeah. been smelling a lot of holiday yeah fall candles this is nice i think it's ideally a good bathroom candle yeah so i'll get a half a wick just because it's not anything i would purchase for my mm-hmm. living room or to it's just a bathroom candle mm-hmm. to give it a nice scent yeah i, I think it's a it's a solid scent it might not be like the kind of uh men's cologne that we i know <laughs> like. we, i just love that um but uh i'm gonna smells. give it a wick i think it's good at, good at what it's doing so oak moss and bergamot, a wick and a half yeah. review today. Well, not, not too shabby. Yeah, not too, not too shabby. That about does it for us today, Valentine's. Um, yeah. Sounds so sleazy. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> our, our, yeah, not our sweethearts. Sweetheart. <laughs> well, Toots. I wonder if Melissa Joan Hart's um, sweethearts oh, is still yeah. around. I hope so. Still kick in. I'll always be a sweetheart. Have a lovely Valentine's Day weekend. Not that that's a thing, but, you know, we'll make it, it one. It could be. Hope you're eating a lot of leftover chocolate. Yeah. That you're getting some takeout. That your loved one gave you. And, um, and yeah, so we'll be back in your ears in two weeks. You can talk to us on the Facebook group, mm-hmm. at All Things Cozy Podcast on Facebook. Join the group on Facebook. And we're on Instagram, at All Things Cozy. And between then, as always, stay, stay cozy. cozy.